Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to HelpMyGamblingProblem.org for free confidential services. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. This is the VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. Here is Adam Burke. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Wednesday, July 19th edition of VEASAN Daily Baseball Bets. I'm your host, Adam Burke. Happy to be with you as we push through the middle of the week here on the podcast. 15 games on the board. A couple of them have already started, but plenty of stuff to talk about, obviously, with a massive explosion of offense on Tuesday night. I'll talk about that and more on today's podcast first over at vcin.com sign up take advantage of that introductory offer $19 for the first month price will go up on August 1st price will also be going up for the summer kickoff special which gives you vcin pro access all the way through February 11th so jump on that now because our 2023 NFL betting guide came out on June 29th our college football betting guide will come out here on August 3rd two weeks from tomorrow you definitely want to get that publication. Team previews for all 133 teams, including conference overviews, bunch of feature articles, along with best bets on season win totals and props. So now is the time. If you're on the fence, just do a month. If you think that VSIN is what you want to do for the summer or for the uh, fall and winter, take advantage of that summer kickoff special. Whatever you do, it will make you a better, better to get the vsin pro content over there at the website so check out our subscription options over at vsin.com slash subscribe and speaking of subscriptions a lot of people probably switching to youtube tv right sunday ticket going to be part of youtube tv for this year did you know that vsin is on youtube tv you can watch vsin 24 7 on youtube tv as part of the sports plus package so if you're getting sunday ticket through YouTube TV, if you're getting YouTube TV, if you're tired of cable, cutting the cord, whatever the case may be, just know that you can watch VSIN on YouTube TV anytime you want to and check out the Sports Betting Network. All right, so let's talk about what happened on Tuesday night, and then we'll get into the games here for Wednesday. And uh, wow, what a night for offense last night. On the whole, around Major League Baseball, in the 15 games, 271 batting average, 345 on base, 478 slugging percentage, a 353 Woba with a 127 WRC plus. So last night, 
27% better than league average compared to the rest of the season. So compared to the average numbers that we have for the course of the full season here, that 353 weighted on base average would rank 37th among 148 qualified hitters. And by qualified, that means with enough plate appearances to qualify for the batting title. That would tie last night with Brendan Donovan of the Cardinals, Ozzie Albies of the Braves, in all 49 home runs hit, 197 runs scored across the 15 games. There are only 49 qualified hitters that are batting 271 or higher for the season. The league did that last night. Average fly ball distance last night up nine feet from the first 17 days of July, 326 feet, and up 10 feet from the season as a whole through Monday's action. So the ball absolutely carrying way more last night than it has any other night this season. The home run to fly ball percentage last night, 17.8%. That was something I talked about on yesterday's show where it was 13.9% in the second half. Obviously, 17.8, an enormous increase to say the least. League average is about 12.5% for the season, including last night. So we've seen a huge uptick in home runs here in the second half. 12 teams scored 10 or more runs last night. First time since July 4th, 1894, according to the Elias Sports Bureau. Four of those teams lost while scoring 10 or more runs. So the obvious question today, is the ball juiced? My answer, I don't know. And I know that's a cop-out. I know that's the answer that nobody wants to hear, but I did discuss this yesterday, and of course we wound up with a ridiculous night of offense right after I had talked about it. So I don't think we can definitively say, look, it's hot as hell. I mean, record heat in a lot of places around the country, very, very high humidity numbers as well. The ball carries much better in heat and humidity than it does in any other set of conditions. So that's part of it. Also, just about every pitcher last night was going on eight plus days of rest as a starter. So not really a big surprise to see those guys get blown up. You get out of your rhythm, you get out of your routine, maybe not throwing during the all-star break. If you are, maybe you're throwing in the backyard with your kids or something like that. You're throwing on the beach if you took a guy's trip. So maybe not in the right mindset, maybe not in rhythm for a lot of these starters. That being said, a lot of the guys who are pitching today who have already made a start in the second half pitched relatively well on Friday. So I don't know, but it would not be a huge surprise for Rob Manfred to change the ball around again. So I'm leaving the possibility open. I cannot definitively say that the ball is different. Hopefully people send some baseballs to Meredith Wills, the PhD in, I believe, astrophysics, uh, who's been studying the baseballs, who found that there were three different baseballs in use last year, all of that. Hopefully she gets some of the balls from what happened last night, and we can maybe you know make some determinations that way based on the weight, you know, the compression of the baseball, stuff like that. But for now, I'm going to chalk it up to the weather and pitchers being a little bit rusty. But this week, we'll get pitchers making their second starts here pretty much across the board. So that will be something that could you know, shed some light on whether or not the balls have absolutely changed. But a 14.4% home run to fly ball percentage in the second half, if that continues, I mean, then we're absolutely talking about some kind of seismic shift in the baseball because this year has been pretty on par with last year. 
And if we look back at 2019, when we know that the balls were juiced, 15.3% home run to fly ball percentage. So if we're up in that 14 plus percent range here in the second half, it'll make me think that maybe the balls did change. So we'll see what happens as we go forward here. But obviously that is a burning topic around Major League Baseball and deservedly so. All right, let's get into the games for today. I'll try to rattle these off quickly since I had a little bit of a longer intro here today. But again, that's something that we need to know in terms of whether or not the baseball is different because that dictates a lot. Not only does it dictate betting totals, first fives, team totals, all that kind of thing, but certain pitchers will be way more affected than others if this is going to be a thing throughout the rest of the season. Marlins and Cardinals, really no reason to talk too much about this game because by the time the podcast is out, this game will have already started. But I just want to mention Sandy Alcantara. I mean, we're still waiting to see if he gets on track here for this season. 464 ERA, 439 expected, 4 FIP. Strikeout rate is still down. Home run to fly ball percentage is up. Uh, He's not doing a good job of stranding runners. Some bad luck. We'll see what happens in a tough start today here against the Cardinals. I've got a play on the Phillies and the Brewers, so we'll skip on down to the Giants and the Reds. Ross Stripling, Graham Ashcraft in this one. And for the Reds, you know, big push to end the first half, but now in the second half, they haven't won a game. They got swept by the Brewers. They've lost both games in this series to the Giants here so far. They lose 4-2 in the completion of the suspended game uh, and then, you know, lose 11-10 in the main game last night. So, You know, for the Reds, they're just still trying to figure some things out here in the second half, and we'll see if they're able to get back on the right track here today. Could be a tough thing with Ashcraft, though. You know, good first start for him. And again, when you consider what guys have done in their first starts back off the break, the fact that Ashcraft was good last Friday, pretty interesting. Over his last three starts, three runs allowed on 15 hits and 18 and two-thirds. Still not striking out a lot of guys, but a lot more ground balls out of him. So that's a good sign, but still. 595 ERA, 551 expected, 526 FIP for this season. Hard hit percentage is down over his last three starts as well. So maybe he's figured some things out. Maybe he's finally healthy. That would be a really big positive for the Reds who continue to deal with the injuries to Hunter Green and Nick Lodolo, but it's tough. You know, Graham Ashcraft at home this season, 716 ERA, 611 FIP, 380 Woba against not super enthused with his chances today, but it's tough to back the Giants. Ross Stripling going in this one, and the Giants' bullpen really, really in a tough spot. Camilo Doval's worked four of the last five days, including two back-to-backs. He won't pitch tonight. Taylor Rogers, Scott Alexander, both three of the last four. Tyler Rogers, three of the last five. They only got two innings from Anthony DiSclefani last night. So there's some emphasis here, some pressure on Ross Stripling to be good. 611 ERA, 533 expected, 575 FIP. But since coming back from injury on June 28th, five runs on 13 hits and 13 and a third, 14 to one strikeout to walk ratio. Stripling has maxed out at four and two thirds and 18 batters faced. If he's good tonight, he's going to have to go further than that. So maybe a live betting opportunity here on the Reds where the high leverage relievers for them are in better shape than San Francisco's. And also, I would be wary of Stripling as he works deeper into the game, since that's not something that he's really done a whole lot throughout the course of this season. Diamondbacks and Braves, I've got to play on that one as well. So we go to the Nationals and the Cubs. Trevor Williams, Kyle Hendricks here. 
Cubbies, $1.55 or so favorite, total of nine. By the way, uh, the Cardinals and Mar- Marlins, that's basically a money line pick them. Uh, the Reds, short home dog uh, at most spots in that game against the Giants. But Hendricks and the Cubs, big favorites here today against Trevor Williams. Williams in an interesting spot. He, like Miles Michaelis, only went two and a third or two and two thirds in that suspended game due to rain over the weekend. Michaelis went three innings, came back on short rest and pitched well for the Cardinals. Uh, Williams, he's on regular rest here after throwing the two and two thirds. 442 ERA, that's not bad. That's a little bit worse than league average, but not bad for him. 546 FIP, low ceiling, high floor, keeps his team in the game. That's a compliment. You know, Trevor Williams is a guy that does a pretty good job of limiting the hard contact that he allows, but he allows a lot of contact and doesn't have the greatest strikeout and walk rates on an annual basis. So he's just not, you know, that high upside of a pitcher. For Kyle Hendricks, 357 ERA, 421 expected, 444 FIP. Rough outing in his last start. Gave up five runs on eight hits and four and two-thirds to the White Sox. Gave up four homers in that one. He's allowed six home runs. In his last two starts, he's yet to have a start with a double-digit swinging strike percentage. The hard hit percentage is great at 32.4%, but again, he's a pitch-to-contact guy, and in this current environment where it's hot as hell and the ball potentially could be different, concerned about Hendricks, so no play in that one. The first two games have flown over the total in this series. Perhaps this one does as well, but this one's sitting nine with overjuice or nine and a half out there in the marketplace we transition over to the american league couple of early starts here so not much to say about these games rays and rangers zach Littell opening a bullpen game for the rays john gray getting the call here for the rangers and Littell hasn't pitched in 10 days so you know we'll see what his line looks like but the bigger thing for me is gray 345 era 433 expected 459 fip 253 BABIP, 78.6% left on base percentage. So a couple of very clear regression signs in the profile for Gray. Over his last five starts, 675 ERA, 574 FIP. He was kind of sailing right along, got that blister, and it threw him all out of whack. So we'll see. You know, we'll see if he's able to, you know, kind of right the ship a little bit. Gave up four runs on five hits to Cleveland over six innings in his first second half start. 16 to 13 strikeout to walk ratio in his last five outings. So not great. Not really a whole lot to write home about with Gray. There are some regression signs in the profile. So that may be a guy that we want to fade a little bit here as we go forward. And I do want to mention this. This is a total that as I was writing was nine and a half. Moved down to nine at some places. It's got heavy under juice on it. But in the next game, Boston and Oakland, Total of nine moved down to eight and a half. And in fact, seeing some books with some under juice on eight and a half. So this is really important to talk about for a second here, because when you look at what's happening and when you look at what happened last night, I think a lot of people will say, how the hell can you bet an under in this environment? Well, look, the people that have statistical models, the people that you know are spitting out their own lines for sides and totals here in Major League Baseball, their data is not going to be as skewed by the last five days as what the court of public opinion will be. So they're still betting their numbers. They're still betting into the full season data for the teams, the league, the pitchers, so on and so forth, all the different splits that are out there and all that kind of thing. So they're still trusting their numbers because we don't know if we don't fully know if there are shenanigans in play with the baseball or not. 
it could be a weather thing. It could be, you know, as I talked about earlier, just pitchers not being in rhythm. But for those that model, they're going to take the larger sample size and trust that a lot more than the last five days worth of games. So we have seen some games actually take some underinvestment here today, even though it looks like offense is going to skyrocket around the league. And I will say this. It is interesting to see the under taking a little bit of money in this Boston and Oakland game, not because Brian Bayo's on the mound for the Red Sox. I mean, he's a guy that has a very, very strong projection in this game, but because Ken Waldachuk has been terrible and he gets the start here for Oakland today, 666 ERA, 523 expected, 597 FIP. But again, the big takeaway to me, and he's been worse as a starter than he's been as a reliever, is that you're still seeing some people with influence, people that bet based off of their own models and their own projection systems. You're still seeing some of them willing to side with an under, kind of taking this as to be a little bit of an overreaction. Maybe some of these totals bumped up a half a run or a run higher than they should be, something like that. It is plausible. It's certainly possible. I'm not willing to jump in front of too many unders today. But that being said, again, as guys make a second or a third start coming out of the break, I may be more inclined to do something like that. We take a look at the Yankees and the Angels here. Chase Silseth getting the start for the Angels. Carlos Rodon getting the call here for the Yankees. Uh, 4.07 p.m. first pitch. So the shadows could be a bit of a factor in this one. True getaway day game. The Yankees head back home. They'll host Kansas City. The Angels do stay at home, though and take on the Pittsburgh Pirates here this weekend. Silseth, his major league numbers are bad. 608 ERA, 593 FIP, and 47 and a third. This season, 14 runs allowed on 17 hits and 18 and two-thirds. Pitched well in AAA this season, 279 ERA, 348 FIP. But here's the problem. Hasn't pitched since July 5th. So this is kind of the profile of the guys that have struggled here in the second half, guys that have been on pretty long layoffs. And this is a very extended one for Silseth, who did go seven innings in his last AAA start, but had not worked more than five innings otherwise. The difficult thing is, what do we get from Carlos Rodon today? Six runs allowed on eight hits and 10 and a third and two starts since coming back. Only eight strikeouts out of 43 batters faced and a 45.2% hard hit percentage. So, you know, Rodon, not exactly the sharp guy that we're used to seeing him be. Maybe he will be throughout the course of the second half, but he isn't right now. So I'm not going to lay a dollar forty with the Yankees today. There are some dollar thirties out there that might be a little bit better. Totals eight and a half in this game, but uh, ultimately no play for me in that one. Tigers and the Royals. Eduardo Rodriguez, Ryan Yarbrough in this one, the only game on the betting board with two left-handed starters. Strange series here so far. So the Tigers get shut out for six innings by Jordan Lyles on Monday night, come back off the bullpen, win three to two. Yesterday's game finished 11 to 10 in favor of Kansas City. Detroit was down 11-6 going into the ninth, got four runs off of Scott Barlow, made it interesting, made it close. Ultimately, they come up short in that one. Rodriguez, 270 ERA, 343 expected, 328 FIP. Just his third start, though, since coming back from a finger tendon injury, Seven runs on nine hits in nine innings. Does have 14 strikeouts, but he's also allowed a lot of hard hit contact in those two starts. So we'll see if he can minimize that today against the Royals, who are definitely a step down. Although the Royals swinging it better against lefties since the middle of June at 311 Woba compared to the Tigers at 302. 
For Yarborough, I have no idea what you're going to get from him today. Came back on July 9th, pitched really, really well. Six innings, one run against Cleveland. Missed the previous two months after he got hit in the face by a comebacker. Very, very scary incident on May 7th. 529 ERA, 463 FIP for the season, but 28.8% hard hit percentage and just six barrels allowed in 104 batted ball events. So pretty big number for the Tigers on the road here in this one. Uh, Rodriguez is certainly better than Yarborough, but I don't really trust that Tigers offense a whole lot. So no play for me in that one. Let's get through the last AL game, then take a short break here. That is the Twins and the Mariners. Kenta Maeda, Luis Castillo, the two starters here in this one. Twins, a 10-3 winner last night, gave us a sweep on the card, hit the two totals plays, and also the Twins as a short money line underdog. Today, you've got Maeda, 550 ERA, 385 expected, 346 FIP, eight starts covering 36 innings. But since his June 23rd return, Six earned, allowed on 15 hits, 27 strikeouts against nine walks. I believe it's in 21 innings or so. Uh, Seattle is prone to strike out a lot, so there is that. But Maeda, he walked four in his first start of the second half, so that's a bit of a concern. But also in these four starts, 48.9% hard hit percentage. Last three starts, 58.3%. So he's getting swings and misses, but also allowing some loud contact when guys are making contact. So how much contact will the Mariners make today? Well, that could determine their ceiling offensively in this game. As far as Seattle, they'll send Luis Castillo to the bump. Uh, not super sharp in his first start of the second half. I had the first five run line for the Mariners in that one. They lost that. The first, five, the bottom of the fifth ended with the bases loaded on a bad call in Seattle down one. Castillo gave up a couple of homers in that start. Needed 91 pitches to get through five innings as well. But he's been great at home. 257 Woba against in 71 and a third has allowed nine of his 17 homers at home, but also has a 30.2% strikeout percentage at home. Twins 11th and Woba against righties since June 15th. They have struck out about 28% of the time. So Castillo strikeout prop is very high and juice towards the over today. So ultimately nothing for me in that one and nothing for me here for a few seconds as we take a short break on VSIN daily baseball bets. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, gonna, not the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> And then they're never at any of those. And then they're never, yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? The whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other. As Infinity presents... A new chapter in luxury. 
the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. Here at Lisa, we know that good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. That's why their mattresses are made for exceptional comfort and support, catering to every sleep need. Check out Lisa's Sapira Hybrid Mattress, named best hybrid mattress five years running. Sleep hot? The Chill Collection is built with cool-to-the-touch top fabric and layers of high-density comfort foams, all intended to remove excess body heat while maximizing comfort. With Lisa, getting a new mattress has never been easier. Delivery is free, and you have 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. Don't spend another night dreaming of better sleep. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com forward slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. That's l-e-e-s-a.com forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. All right, back here on VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, five-star reviews, Always welcomed, always appreciated, not only for this show, but also our other podcasts in the VEASAN family, including our college football podcast, which I jumped on earlier this week to talk about the AAC, and we'll also have an episode coming out on Conference USA this week as well. Both of those conferences looking very, very different because of realignment. Conference USA, a couple new teams jumping up from FCS, so two must-listens as far as the college football podcast goes, and again, Two weeks from tomorrow, our college football betting guide will be out to the masses. All right, so poorly timed break here because there's only three interleague games that haven't started yet, and one of them will start quickly with Houston and Colorado. Uh, Cleveland currently beating Pittsburgh 4-1 to in the fifth. Dodgers and Orioles just getting started because the grounds crew didn't put the tarp on, and it rained overnight in Baltimore, so not really a great thing there. Cleveland, you know, I talked about this in advance of yesterday's game against Mitch Keller. This is just what they do. They beat bad teams, and right now they're well-positioned to secure that sweep over Pittsburgh. It's just their M.O., man. That's just what they do. They struggle with teams on their level, and they beat up on teams below them, and that's how they've won you know, several Central Division titles here during the reign of Terry Francona. So it looks like they may be able to secure that sweep here today. The Dodgers and Orioles game, again, it's already started, but Julio Urias, I want to talk about him for a second. In his three starts since coming back, and the first one against the Royals was bad from a stat standpoint, but in his three starts, 18.4% hard hit percentage, seven hard hit balls and 38 batted ball events, 15 to two strikeout to walk ratio in 12 innings. He's only allowed two barrels. Urias looks good. The stuff looks good. It's back to being what it should be. That's a huge boost for the Dodgers going forward, and we'll see how he ultimately fares in this game here today against Baltimore. Astros and Rockies, 
Uh, an interesting one here because we got a total of 12 and a half at DraftKings. If it holds, 12th game with a total of 12 and a half or higher. Two of them were in Mexico City and one was in London. The other ones, of course, at Coors Field. Brandon Belak, Austin Gomber here in this one. Belak laying about $1.50, $1.55. As I mentioned, total 12 with juice or 12 and a half. Belak is the guy that's allowed a ton of hard contact on this season. 379 ERA, 525 FIP. Um, not a fan of this guy's profile. Hard hit percentage, 48.6%. Barrel percentage, 11.9%. He's just allowed a 175 batting average and a 258 Woba with runners in scoring position. So he's been great with men in scoring position, and that's allowed him to carry a high left on base percentage and also carry an ERA under four. He is a guy I'm looking to fade. So not doing it today because it's an early game and it's Austin Gomber in Colorado, but I am looking to go against Belak as we go forward. So keep that in mind whenever you see his name popping up on the schedule. As far as Gomber goes, last six starts, 382 ERA, 420 FIP, 24 to 3 strikeout to walk ratio. He's been really, really bad at Coors Field, 386 Woba against, but recently he's been a bit better. So we'll see if he's able to continue that stretch here against the very right-handed heavy Astros, and he is a left-handed pitcher. A couple of late games on the interleague card. I fought with this game for a while. I hope I don't regret not taking San Diego. I might. We'll see. But the Padres taking on the Blue Jays here. Padres, big 9-1 to victory last night. Alec Manoa got knocked around. Joe Musgrove was outstanding yet again. Today, it's you, Darvish, and Jose Barrios. Blue Jays, slight favorite in this one. $1.20, $1.15, depending on where you look. Total of 9 with some under juice for this one. And Barrios got very close a few times in the first half, in the tail end of the first half, to falling back into looking like his 2022 self. He's starting to give up a lot of hard contact. He was starting to have some command issues, kind of stabilized those and, you know, threw seven shutout innings against the White Sox in his last start of the first half, five and a third good innings against Arizona to kick off the second half. The hard hit percentage for the year is just 34.7%, but since June 8th, it's 39.8%. And if you look at his last four starts, 45.2% and an 11.3% barrel percentage. So I, his command is starting to not be as sharp as it was. And this is an interesting test. The Padres are ninth and weighted on base average against righties since June 15th. They do have an 11% walk rate. It is hard to walk against Barrios. I think that ultimately was what kept me away. But I think Barrios is a guy that, I don't think the second half will be as successful for him as the first half was. And we've seen that high expected ERA pretty much all season long from him. Uh, it's over a run higher than his ERA. I, I may regret not fading him here, but I do think I'm going to try to look for opportunities and situations to go against him here in the second half. So part of me is kind of hoping he's good today. Part of me is kind of hoping that my thoughts get validated a little bit, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see and reevaluate him after this start here today. Another thing that kind of kept me off the Padres here today. So for you, Darvish, it's been a struggle lately. I mean, his performance wasn't great early on in June. That was a big part of it. But also, he was sidelined by a mystery virus or something like that for about two and a half weeks. He's only made three starts since June 21st, I believe it is. So that's a guy that has not had a consistent workload, not had a steady rhythm, 
did pitch well against Philadelphia coming out of the break. Highest swinging strike percentage since May 17th in that start. Nine strikeouts in six innings. Look, people are going to talk about Darvish's home road splits as well. It's just bad luck on the road. His left on base percentage on the road is 17% lower than what it is at home. That's why there's a big discrepancy between his ERA at home and on the road. His FIP is actually lower on the road. So some bad luck in terms of sequencing for him. Um, I, again, I, I may regret not taking the Padres here. Both of these bullpens in decent shape uh, with the blowout yesterday. But, man, I just I, I couldn't trust Darvish, and I'm concerned that maybe I'm wrong about Barrios. But we'll find out uh, based on his results today and his results here coming up in his next few starts. The Mets are laying a hefty number. Justin Verlander on the mound, 210-220 favorite, total of nine against Tuki Toussaint and the White Sox here. Toussaint is kind of following the Julio Tehran path of being a guy who's not really stuck at the big league level, but he's having some success here as of late. Nine runs allowed on 15 hits and 24 innings overall, but the 338 ERA comes with a 451 FIP, a 237 BABIP, 60% ground ball rate. You are not carrying a 237 BABIP with a 60% ground ball rate. There's no chance in hell. And because he walks a lot of guys, as those ground balls start to find holes, those walks become more problematic. He's not really a big strikeout guy, so that becomes an issue. So Toussaint is on my fade list. It's just going to be hard to find spots to fade him at reasonable prices because his reputation precedes him and the White Sox stink. So it can be difficult to find spots to go against him. Justin Verlander, 372 ERA, 356 expected, 404 FIP. Home run to fly ball percentage is down to 9%, but if the balls are juiced, could be a different kind of environment for Verlander. So again, we'll have to just keep racking up that data and see what's actually going on. His strikeout percentage is way down this year. Walk rate is up. Only one double-digit strikeout game in his last five, or double-digit swinging strike percentage game in his last five starts. Not throwing a lot of first-pitch strikes. There's something weird about what's going on with Verlander, yet he's been effective. So we'll see if that continues today against a pretty punchless White Sox lineup, but no play for me in that one. All right, so we circle back to the two games I do have plays on, the Brewers and the Phillies. Phillies laying a decent number here, $1.60, $1.65 favorite, although seeing some money on Milwaukee creeping into the market as I'm recording here. Total of nine for this one. That's the total that I want to attack, and it's the first five total specifically. So Christopher Sanchez gets the start here for Philadelphia. 326 ERA, 382 expected, 415 FIP, high ground ball rate. Things look pretty good for him, right? Well, 44.2% hard hit percentage, 11.6% barrel rate. So he's gotten very fortunate on his balls in play. His first start against the Padres coming out of the break, 61.5% hard hit percentage and four barrels allowed in that start. Also 10 hard hit balls to the Rays in his last first half outing. Milwaukee for the season, not good against lefties. However, since June 15th, Milwaukee is a top five offense against lefties. 342 Woba, 114 WRC+. plus. They've cut down on the strikeouts. Sanchez, not really a big swing and miss guy. So I kind of like this Milwaukee offense today. Colin Ray getting the call here for Milwaukee, and this is really the big reason why I'm on the first five over here. 471 ERA, 413 expected, 482 FIP. This is his first start since July 8th. 
And again, the guys that have been on long layoffs, they've really struggled. And for Ray, his first start in 11 days, gave up five runs on seven hits and four and two thirds to the Reds in his last start. Average exit velocity, 95.7 miles per hour in that outing. 42.1% hard hit percentage for the season. It'll be warm in Philadelphia. Ray probably won't be sharp. Sanchez allows a lot of balls in play. I like the first five over five here. This is minus 115 at DraftKings. You might find a few cents better elsewhere. Uh, If you are looking at the full game, Craig Kimball and Gregory Soto for the Phillies have worked three the last four days. Brewers' pen is in better shape, but... I'm just looking at the first five over five minus 115 in this one. And the other one, what the hell? Maybe an obvious play. The Braves are minus 220, 230 favorite total of 10 here against the Arizona Diamondbacks. And I'm on the Braves team total over five and a half. Ryan Nelson gets the start here for Arizona. 498 ERA, 489 expected ERA, 467 FIP, 15.8% strikeout percentage. 43.4% hard hit rate, 10.5% barrel rate. This is about as bad of a matchup as Ryan Nelson can ask for, especially on the road with the hot conditions at Truist Park against this Braves lineup. He's faced the Braves once already. He only gave up three runs on six hits, but he walked four, didn't strike anybody out, gave up an average exit velocity of 96 miles per hour, a 58% hard hit percentage, and four barrels. So the Braves hit him all over the yard, but he got very lucky defensively and with his sequencing. Not sure I would expect that today. Also, the Diamondbacks bullpen is just not particularly good. So I thought about the run line. That was minus 120, minus 125. I thought about the first five run line, but that was laying about $1.50. Charlie Morton, by the way, going for Atlanta. Ultimately, for the team total over five and a half at reasonable juice at minus 125. What I was looking at here is Ryan Nelson just does not project to be a good matchup against Atlanta. Really, nobody does, but Nelson, uh, especially bad. I mean, his his baseline performance would not be promising if you were to simulate this game out. So Braves team total over five and a half. And then also first five over five between the Brewers and the Phillies. We'll be back again. Ten game slate tomorrow with another edition of VSIN Daily Baseball Bets. Please make sure you rate, review, subscribe, head to vcin.com slash subscribe, and I will talk to you again tomorrow. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself, so turn your tax refund into a U-fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. 
You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.